Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today I want to share a message, uh, and we're going next week, we're going to start a new series coming up for Christmas, uh, and it's called Celebrate. It's going to be three weeks, or three to four weeks. But today I want to share a message about how to learn to dream again. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul was saying a prayer over the church of Ephesus, and he was really saying a prayer about spiritual growth, and he shares these words uh, at the end of his prayer, and I want to share this prayer over all of us today. Can you receive this prayer from the Apostle Paul over your life? It says these words in Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work in us, to accomplish, to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. Do you know that God can accomplish more than what you can ask or think? Paul wanted the church at Ephesus to understand God can do the more. Say that. God can do more. God can do more than I can imagine. So many times we want to limit God. Today's message is about taking off the limits And imagining that God can do more than what we can even believe. God can do it. Many times we try to put God in our box. I am horrible at that. I want God to fit in my box. And God keeps on hitting me over the head and says, Tom, I don't fit in your box. Your box is small. My box is big. Why don't you come jump in my box for a little bit? See, so many times we limit God because of our perspective or because of our thinking. I want to take off those limits that we self-do ourselves. We put God in a box. Think about this thought. God gave Abraham a vision that he was going to be the father of many nations. Yet he gave him a wife that couldn't get pregnant. How is this going to work, God? You tell me I'm going to be a father of many nations, but my wife, Sarah, she can't even get pregnant. She's old in age. How is this ever going to work, Lord? See, we want to put God in the box that we think about. God says, no, watch this. See, I'm outside of your box, and Sarah gets pregnant, and Abraham is the father of many nations. We can't limit God. And it should remind us that we can't allow our difficulties, our troubles, And the discouragement of this world to discourage us from believing what God can do. This world is filled with difficulties. That's the loudest amen I've gotten in the church the whole time is what I say that. That's a problem. we got to reverse that. I didn't hear any amens that God has a big box. Okay. We'll work on it. Jesus, forgive us. This, field is, this world is filled with difficulties. It always has been and it always will be. It just will be until Jesus comes home and takes his bride home. His bride is the church. It's you and me. It's easy to see all the difficulties in our life in this world and it's easy to give up hope. It's easy to let the, the worry of this world to take over our life. Yet Paul says, and I shared this verse last week, Paul states, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We are never called to give up hope. We cannot allow the difficulties of this world to rob us of the desires that God has for our life. We can't allow that to happen. When you enter today, 
You should have received a coloring page. Lift up your coloring page if you have it today. And you should have some crayons. We're going back to school today. Come on, guys. If you don't have one, if you want one, raise up your hand. If you didn't get one, raise up your hand. We'll get you two people up front right here. If you don't have one, we'll get you some uh, coloring pages, crayons. Pastor Tom, what are you doing today? I've done this in the past one time, and I wanted to do it again because what I want to do is I want to encourage you to color while I'm sharing. Why, Pastor Tom? Because I want some creativity to start coming out of your life. I want some, so many times what happens, our creativity in our life starts to die. And as I preach today, I want you to feel free, if you want to, just color along the way. Let me ask you. I hear all that cellophane being opened up right now. It's just like, where is that little face? Just rip it open. <laughs> it's funny. I hear it's just a static noise out there. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you remember dreaming as a kid? I know some of our dreams were silly, but weren't those dreams fun? When you were just dreaming as a child? I remember one of my dreams that I consistently had Every year, well, I, not every year, every day, I'd go out and play basketball. And you know what would happen when I was playing basketball? I was dreaming, I was visioning that I was in the NBA final championship game, and it was upon me that to make that last and final three-point shot, and then when that ball went through the hoop, we won the national championships. I, I was just dreaming, yes. Swish. I can still shoot a basketball. You guys don't think I can. I can As we grow older, we tend to stop dreaming and tend to start worrying. Yet there is a case to be made when we stop dreaming, we stop believing. We can't stop dreaming of what God can do in our lives. I dream about heaven. What's it going to be like? How wonderful is it going to be? I dream about the future of my kids. The possibilities that they have before them. I dream about the possibilities of my grandkids, what God is going to do through them. I dream about this church and how God has greater things for this church than even before. God has wonderful things for our church. Amen? That would, that would have been a great time. Yeah, say amen. I dream about the playgrounds in Ecuador that we, we took money and resources and we built these playgrounds in Ecuador and I'm dreaming about the kids that are coming to know Jesus right now as they're playing on those playgrounds. All of a sudden a missionary is coming and they're sharing the Bible story and they're having fun and these kids are bringing the gospel home to their parents. All because, guess what? We were dreaming. We were a church that had enough faith to believe in the apostles. Say, you know what? Why are we limited to here to Orange County? Why can't we stretch our borders a little further than in Orange County? Why can't we go to Ecuador? Why can't we go to other places, Africa, Dominican, all these different places where we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Our vision statement is about dreaming. Creating an environment to see what God can do through you. My question for all of us, are you dreaming? Because if you're not dreaming, then you're probably stopped believing. And when we stop believing what God can do, we lose our passion. 
we lose what, man, the possibilities that God can do in and through our life, in through our church, in and through my family. Today, I want you to feel free to color as I share. Start dreaming again. My hope is it reminds you of the blessings that God has poured out in our life. Our life shouldn't be empty and dull. But by faith, our life should be filled with many different colors, representing the many different opportunities that God has given each and every one of us to glorify him. The Bible states these words in Proverbs chapter 28, 29, 18. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. The Strong's Concordance defines that Hebrew word vision as dreaming or as a revelation. It's believing in something that is greater than yourself. We need vision in our lives. Otherwise, what happens when we have no vision, we lose hope. We need vision for something that's greater than myself. As Scripture states, people will cast off restraint when they see no hope in the future. It's this idea of if I don't have God's word in my life that gives me a, a future and a hope, a belief that, man, there's something greater than just today, but there's a heaven that I'm going to eventually go to, and I'm going to be, guess what? We're going to celebrate Jesus in heaven, and there's something greater than just myself. I can go help and be a part of a, a community there in Ecuador. I can go help and be a part of another community as I support missionaries around the world. I can go help and serve in family assistance ministry right down the corner here in San Clemente and make a difference. When all of a sudden we take off the restraints, we take off all the borders of our box and say, man, God can do something in and through me. That is vision that keeps us believing in something greater than ourselves. It's important. In raising our children, we need to instill hope. We tell our kids, get good grades. Make sure you do your homework. Do this, do that. And it's good, but... Have we given them the reason why? Have we given them hope of what they can be? Are there are kids dreaming or are they just stuck with, I gotta do this, I gotta do that? See, they need, they need vision for the future as well, just like we. We need to paint vision of what they can be and how God can use their lives to make a difference in this world. Today, I wanna encourage all of us to dream again. Let God give you a vision for the future. Don't let the challenges of this world restrict you from believing in a God-given dream. I want you to start coloring. Have faith in the future. Listen to how the Bible describes faith. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. That's what faith is. It's a confidence Guess what? What? For we hope for what will actually happen. Hope is a wonderful thing. Dreaming of what God can do in your life will encourage you to live each and every day with the expectations of God's blessings upon you. As Christians, we need to learn to dream again. Or maybe I should say this because I was struggling with my title, my message. Was it dreaming again or believing again? But I see, I think when we start to dream, we start to believe. Is the inside of you filled with doubt, discouragement, and fear, or is the inside of you filled with hope, encouragement, and faith? We as a church cannot stop dreaming and believing in the future. we got to believe we serve a God of the impossible. 
The Bible is filled with stories of the impossible made possible. That's what the Bible is filled with those stories. And I want to share with you today two miracles that took place uh, side by side. They're kind of intertwined with each other. And these two miracles that took place are found in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic means that they're very close together. And they're found in all three of these gospels. I'm going to read for you today out of the uh, gospel of Matthew. And while I read, don't forget to color. As Jesus was saying this, and Jesus was teaching at this moment, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith, your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw that uh, the noisy crowd, uh, and he heard the funeral music, Get out, he told them. This is Jesus saying this. Get out, he told them. Because they're all, this girl had died. She's laying there, 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter. She has died. And they're all mourning, and they're wailing. And when he got there, he's told them, she's not asleep. Or she's not dead, she's just asleep. So he told them, get out. The girl isn't dead, she's only asleep. But look at the response. The crowd laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Let's go ahead and pray for just a moment. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And God, I would just ask today that once again, as we ask each and every week, that your word, Lord God, um, will come alive in our hearts and in our minds. That it won't be just words on a page, but Lord God, it would be divine revelation that penetrates us and makes a difference in our life. That Lord, as we leave today, we won't leave the same way that we entered. But God, we will have been touched by the presence of God today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's two people who had a dream of what God could do. Their dream of healing opened their hearts to believe in miracle. Again, these two miracles are found in all three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'll be referencing all three accounts today because if you read all three accounts, you get more of the story. If you read all three accounts of this, these two miracles in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it brings a greater story together. We know from the book of Luke the name of the leader from the synagogue was Jairus, and his daughter was 12 years old. There appeared to be no hope for his daughter, when, they, when he arrived to see Jesus, his daughter had passed. And we know from the other synoptic gospels that when he left, she was sick. But then someone ran and told him, a servant came and told him, your daughter had died. But he still went and he went to Jesus because he believed that Jesus could heal her. As you read, it's interesting to see how in the middle of this one miracle, another miracle ends up taking place. While Jesus was walking to Jairus' home, if you can imagine Jairus comes to Jesus and he, and he says, I need you, Jesus. My daughter has died. 
and Jesus gets up with his disciples and they're walking to Jairus' home to go lay his hands on this girl. And as they are walking to Jairus' home, this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Both people were in great need. And this is a thought I want to share with you today. I want you to catch this thought. Many times God-given dreams become a, come out of a need. They begin out of a need. Both Jairus and this woman were in need. Jairus' daughter was dead, and this woman had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. And in those days when a woman was bleeding, she was seen as ceremonially unclean. She was not even supposed to be going out into public. And she wasn't, catch this thought, she wasn't even allowed to go into the synagogue. She wasn't allowed to go into the synagogue to worship because she was ceremonially unclean. For 12 years, she's really living in isolation because of this bleeding. As we read both accounts, we recognize that both miracles are born out of a desperation of need. Most dreams are not born in abundance. Most dreams are born from scarcity. That's why they're called dreams. Because something needs to change in your life. Hal Donaldson, who is the founder of Convoy of Hope, had a dream to help those who are in need. Convoy of Hope, it's a, it's a ministry that we support here at the church. Convoy of Hope feeds 500,000 children every single day. They have a feeding program in 33 different countries. They respond to every disaster that takes place in the United States. They respond with Convoy of Hope trucks that go there to bring water and food and other necessities that people need. The dream for Convoy of Hope really started in 1969 when two police officers came to Donaldson's home. Hal Donaldson is the president of Convoy of Hope. He was a little kid at this point, a little boy. Two police officers show up at his trailer home where he was living. With their, and there's four children in that home. And police officers show up there and start talking to the babysitter and these four children that their parents had been in a horrible car accident and their father had been killed and their mother is in critical condition in ICU. During that time, all the neighbors around saw the police cars there at the front of their trailer. And so the neighbors gathered around in the yard to find out what took place. And as the police officers sharing the news, they asked the neighbors and said, hey, do these kids have any family members around here? Because if they, we need to find someone who will take care of them. And is there anyone here that will take on that responsibility? Because there's no family members there. Who would take custody of these children? If they wouldn't take custody, they were going to take them to the police station. A young couple who barely had enough money to survive on their own, they said, yeah, they didn't have any children of their own. They said, yeah, we'll take care of the four kids. They brought their four kids in, used the little savings that they had because one day, you know, one day they thought maybe a week in the hospital turned into several months because she was badly injured. They took care of those four children. When Mrs. Donaldson finally returned home, she worked as a mail clerk but never had enough money to properly provide for her children. So they lived on food stamps and on the charity of just good people who was who would be willing to help them. But from that situation, from that experience as a child that Hal Donaldson had, when all of a sudden devastation took place, a God-given dream was being born. It came to fruition because when he became an adult, he was thinking that he was going to become a journalist. He studied to be a journalist, and he had this wonderful opportunity 
that he get, was given to be able to, to interview Mother Teresa. Pretty cool, huh? As he's, entering, as, he in, as, as he's interviewing Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa turns to him and asks this simple question. She says, what are you doing to help the poor and the suffering? And in that moment, flashbacks took place from when he was a kid and his heart that I had a dream to help the needy. Immediately, guess what? Convoy of Hope was born. It was born out of a great need. Where there was a great need, guess what? God can give a great dream. Amen? God many times will use your need to be the catalyst for your future. But you must learn to place your dreams in God's hands. Don't put your faith in your plans. Put your faith in Jesus. We find from the Gospel of Mark, the woman with the issue of bleeding had spent all of her money on the doctors. And it says in Scripture, she spent all this money on the doctors and she just continued to get worse. I'm sure Jairus' daughter had many doctors to, that he brought to his home to see what was wrong with his daughter and there was no answers. Many times in life, what happens, we put our, we put our faith in our plans and there's nothing wrong with, with having plans. There's nothing wrong with having plans. The difficulty is when you put your faith in your plans instead of your faith in Jesus. That's when there's something that's wrong. Their plans had failed them. This woman had spent all of her money. Nothing worked. Jairus' plan, guess what, didn't work. His daughter is dead. The miracle took place when they put their faith in Jesus. And it begs the question, who is the owner of your dream? Who's the owner of your dream? Is it your dream? Or have you given it to Jesus? Have you given it to Jesus? Jairus didn't put his faith in himself. According to the Gospel of Luke, man, he fell at the feet of Jesus and pleaded with Jesus to come and heal his daughter. The woman who was bleeding completely put her faith in Jesus. She knew it was Jesus who could fulfill her dream, only Jesus. She had put her faith in all the other doctors. Those plans did not work. But man, there was something in her heart. There was something in their spirit because there's all of a sudden this dreaming that was taking place. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. After she touched Jesus' robe, she was instantly healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. See, here's the key. It's our faith is important in our life. But where's your faith placed? If it's placed in your plans, guess what? It's not going to work. But when we put our faith in Jesus, it works. Where's your faith directed? That was a great place to say an amen. Thank you, Latasha. Thank you. Is it in your plans or God's plans for your life? Both Jairus and this woman put their faith in Jesus. Dreams require faith. Don't let the world dictate to you what's true. Today in our society, we allow the world to dictate what is true in our life, and we can't, we've got to stop that. Jesus is the truth. He's the one who dictates what's going to happen in our life. When God gives you a dream, a vision, a desire, you must apply your faith to that, what God has given to you. You must put your faith upon God's power. The doctors had tried everything to heal this woman with the issue of blood, but to no avail. After 12 years, and I'm sure, man, after 12 years, I'm sure everybody doubted. No one believed that she was going to be healed. 12 years. Many times this is what 
We hear from the news. This is what we hear from the world's view. There's no hope. She, at this point, people didn't have hope for her. When Jesus arrived at the home of Jairus, there was a commotion of weeping and wailing because the daughter had died. What did Jesus tell them to do? He said, stop weeping and wailing. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But they laughed at Jesus' response. They had no faith in Jesus. They, had, they only had faith in what they could see. And that's the difficult thing for each and every one of us. Sometimes all we have faith for is what we see instead of what, gets what? Seeing in the miraculous what we can't see. Jesus kicks them all out of the room. Except for Peter, James, and John and the parents. He kicks them off. He says, get out. Why did Jesus kick everybody out of that room? Because there was a spirit of fear. Jesus needed that spirit of fear out of that room so that the spirit of faith could take over. He says, girl, rise up. And she rised up and walked. It's the spirit of fear that needs to be removed from our own life. We need to live in an environment of faith if we want to see the miraculous happen in our life. Fear restricts you from believing in a God-given dream where faith is where God-given dreams come alive. F.F. Bosworth, and I've shared this with, be, with you before, F.F. Bosworth, a famous evangelist in the late 1800s, says, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. So many times we believe our doubts and we doubt our beliefs. But we're, to do the opposite, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. God-given dreams require faith, not fear. The last thought I want to share with you today. Dreams are fulfilled in God's time. Boy, we are an impatient society. Many times we want things now. If I can have my frozen pizza in the microwave and I can have it in two minutes, well, why can't God deliver this thing with me, to me in two minutes? That's what we think. We want our dreams to be reality today. Yet if you look at these two miracles, that didn't take place. The first miracle that took place, the woman with the issue of blood, guess what? Twelve years she went with hemorrhaging, unclean, not being isolated. For 12 years she waited for the miracle. And then for Jairus, who was the synagogue leader of this 12-year-old girl who had now dead, can you imagine what he's thinking? He goes to Jesus. He pleads for Jesus. Jesus, come to my house. I know if you lay your hands on her, she will be healed in Jesus' name. So Jesus goes, yes. And he takes his disciples and they're walking to Jairus' house. And all of a sudden this woman interrupts the miracle that was for Jairus, interrupts the miracle, touches Jesus' robe. And all of a sudden it's the power from Jesus goes out and this woman is healed. But I'm thinking what Jairus must be thinking. Who is this woman? My daughter is dead. I need Jesus to perform the miracle at my house. I know this woman needs a miracle, but she's bleeding. She's alive. My daughter's dead. See, many times in our life, we have, we have a desire for a miracle. We see everybody else getting the miracles. But what about me, Lord? See, the miracles take place in God's timing, not your timing. Sorry, it just does. I mean, it appears to everyone else when, God, when Jesus walks into Jairus' home that God's late. God didn't show up. Have you had that thought? God's late. God didn't show up. I thought I was going to get this position. I'm not getting it. Where's God? 
My child is not serving the Lord. Where are you, God? In his timing, not your timing. Not your timing. With every minute passing for Jairus, he could have easily given up hope. But it's so important to remember that dreams and miracles happen in God's timing. Many times our appreciation for something will become much greater and precious when we've had to wait. I want you to catch this thought. Instant gratification brings little appreciation. Instant gratification brings little appreciation. When we just get something just and we haven't had to put our faith out there, where we haven't had to work for it in the sense of trusting God day after day, we're just plodding along, believing for the miracle. So many times what happens in our lives is we just give up. Don't press through. When you have had to wait for that miracle, it's going to be special. It's going to be wonderful. My challenge to you today is don't stop dreaming. Don't stop believing what God can do in and through your life. Even if life has dished you out heartache and hurts, let, let's keep dreaming in what God can do. Let's live life with faith, not fear. Let's keep coloring. Let's keep coloring. Man, if you're coloring, guess what? You're not dead. You're coloring. It's a good thing. The Bible states that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But the Bible does say that God has given us a measure of faith. Let's choose faith. Let's not choose fear. He hasn't given us spirit, fear. He has not given you fear. Think about that. He has not given you fear. If he hasn't given you fear, where does fear come from? The enemy. He's given you a measure of faith. And he wants that faith to grow in your life. And the only way that faith grows is by using your faith, by putting your trust in God. Let's choose faith and let's start dreaming again. What is God wanting to do in and through your life? Are you willing to put your trust in God and say, yeah, Lord, I want to start coloring again. For some of you here today, you've stopped coloring. You have. You stopped coloring. You thought, man, this is it. That's all I got going. Jesus said, no. I want you to start dreaming again. Start dreaming what God can do in and through your life. Start having faith in me. Start putting your trust in him. Watch what God can do. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Jesus, that we don't walk alone. We might feel alone at times, but we don't walk alone. The woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, she might have felt at times that she was walking alone, but she wasn't alone. You were with her. And the miracle took place, Lord, when she touched the hem of your garment. And I pray for each and every one of us today, Lord God, whatever in our life where we might be struggling, we might not believe in, maybe it's in our marriage, maybe it's in our relationship with our kids, maybe it's in our, in our, our finances or things that are, are uh, opportunities for employment, maybe it's in education, maybe it's we just, man, have bought so much into the world's lies and into the different politics and everything else that we stopped dreaming. God, I pray that all those things, Lord, all those things that put darkness in our eyes, 
that, Lord, you would remove that and lift that from our eyes and that, Lord God, once again, there would be a, a measure of faith that has been put into our heart, Lord God, that we could start dreaming again of the impossibilities of what you would want to do in and through our lives. I pray for every person here today that, Lord God, they would start dreaming once again. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.